No matter the occasion, whether it's a date or a family holiday outing, daytime ice skating at Cameron Run Regional Park is sure to delight. Just minutes from Old Town Alexandria, skate on the outdoor rink and stay warm with hot chocolate or make s'mores over a fire pit. This unique winter experience is only available for a limited time. Open daily December 18th through 30th and weekends in January and February. Buy tickets today at CameronIceandLights.com. That's CameronIceandLights.com. Ever since Bounty Gate hit the NFL, when things seem fishy, then you probably smell the crooked referees on Roger Goodell. Yeah. like this, and I'm a who that. Every day I'm living, I'm a who that. Lose or winning, I'm a who that. It's the sports coma, this is where we do that. Where we do that, where we do that, where we do that, where we do that, where we do that. Boogie like this, and I'm a who that. It's the sports coma, this is where we do that. All right, man. Shout out to Who That Nation, man. We in this thing, great tank, 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 and the entire Who That Nation representing. We got a special guest we're going to bring in to this stream today to preview the Saints and Colts matchup. None other than Lawrence Owens, the host of Colts Law and Believe in Colts, man. The man knows the Colts, knows some good game. He's going to share it with us on the coma today. So shout out to you, Lawrence. Thank you for being here, friend. Hey, appreciate you bringing me on, man. I uh, always love uh, joining other people's, other fans, uh, talking about the NFL in general. It's great to be able to understand what's going on outside of your own team in order to get a better gauge on what your team is, you know, doing right now. Indeed, man. And, and none better than to talk about, than to talk to talk about it, to, about people who know their squads, man. So, uh, let's 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 delve into it, bro. Right now, we look at uh, currently the Colts and the Saints are three and four. Both teams are three and four right now, man. Three and four. Uh, you you guys had some frustration last week with the Browns. We talked about it, you know, prior to the show about what Miles Garrett did and all of the turnovers and ultimately a frustrating loss by the Colts against the Browns. Uh, we had our own little snafu with, you know, this this past week as well, Sunday, 
a matchup that's too straight for the Saints losing. So we're three and four. A lot of discuss, you know, all the stuff off field with you know with the uh, lobby situation. But kind of let's let's delve into that and talk about the Indianapolis Colts mindset coming into this matchup against the Saints. We know that Richardson is done for the year. Uh, Gardner Minshew is you guys' quarterback. You do have Jonathan Taylor. Zach Moss has been playing really good. I think he's second in the NFL in terms of yardage behind uh, McCaffrey, isn't he? He's been playing pretty good. I, I want to say he is. I'm going to have to check that stat. But uh, Mike Moss is third. He third. might be second. Last I checked, he was third. But if he's second now, then okay, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Let, let's delve into it, Lawrence. Let's get into it, my man. What, tell, tell me about the mindset of the Colts coming into this matchup against the Saints, man. How they feeling and what they're trying to accomplish. I know they want to get the W, but it's a, that was a, a real crushing defeat to the Browns last week. Oh, man, it was absolutely uh, – crushing all the way across the board um when you beat a team in time of possession third down conversions yardage i mean just every major stat line across the board and you still lose the game you gotta kind of look and 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 figure out what happened there right and you know without question you look at the turnovers and it's something that the colts have had problems with the last couple weeks is the turnover situation. They had four against the Browns. They had four the week before against the Jaguars. Um, The Colts have been able to move the football. They're the only team in the NFL right now that have scored at least 20 points in every single game that they've played so far this year. Uh, So that's something positive to look at, but you can't win games with four turnovers. And that's, that's something that has to be fixed without question. Gardner Minshew's brought it up himself multiple times. Uh, the Colts like to really establish their game through the trenches. They have a very good defensive line. They got a very good offensive line. They like to set the tone early in the game, uh, establish their run game, get quick passing game going, and then on defense, stopping the run uh, is a major priority. And they try to get to the uh, passer through the in the pass game. They try to get to that quarterback by just sending four guys, Gus Bradley. His defense is the least blitzing team in the NFL, only blitzing 17.1% of the snaps. However, they're ninth in the NFL in sacks. So that says a lot about this defensive line and how they want to dictate a game. Yeah, that, that's it. that's really interesting, to be honest with you. And I thought that you probably have a better uh, – talking about Coach Gus – I mean, and what he was able to do during his time in the NFL, I thought that that'll, he would probably have ratcheted up those blitzes, but that's still a very telling stat to hear they're doing that. Because I'm looking at the overall uh, season stats. Let me get them on the screen right here for everybody. So Sam, you can see these stats right here, Lawrence, that uh, you can see the, the Saints overall, you know, our offense is 17th in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Rush is 22nd. Our passing, scoring, throwing pass 12 is scoring 21 in the NFL. Our defense is top five overall, 12th against the rush, fourth against the pass, scoring is seventh. The Colts offense, like you talked about it, scoring so many points per contest, overall ranked according to statistics, 10th overall, ninth with the rush, 10th with the pass, tied sixth with the scoring. And the defense is where you look at and you say 22nd overall, 21st against the rush, 19th against the pass, and 30th scoring. So would it be a fair assessment? 
to talk about if I am a scout and I'm looking at this the, the Colts offense and defense and I'm saying to myself, hmm, what's a good way that I can put up a strategy to defeat those Colts on in their own turf? Might try to do something with that defense. Should I, I throw and run at that defense? That seems to be the weak point on the team. What do you think about that, Lawrence? In all honesty, the weak point on this Colts defense. See, sometimes stats can be skewed a little bit. Okay. Right. When it comes to the run defense, the Colts have given up three runs this year uh, that have ran for 40 or more yards. And that really skews that out. In most general, the, the Indianapolis Colts defense lead the NFL in tackles for loss. As, as how they get in the- Lawrence, 48 of them? Yeah. Yeah, that, uh, like they, they've got like 10 more than the next closest team, which is, I believe, is Buffalo, right? Wow. And But the problem is, with that being aggressive across that front seven, that opens an opportunity occasionally to get one of those big runs, right? So, I mean, you can't disregard the big run. It's part of the game. But don't expect to, to like, you know, go out there and get five, six yards of carry every time you take the ball you got to be able to get the big runs. And the beautiful thing about the Saints is they can do that with Alvin Kamara. So, you know, he's a guy who is very good at making defenders miss him out in the open field. So yes. that's that's definitely an option, especially if you get him out, you know, on the, uh, on the perimeter uh, in space. You know, you get some toss sweeps or, you know, some uh, running back screens, things of that nature. I feel like you can attack – the outside of this defense very well with Alvin Kamara or even Taysom Hill. In the past game, again, stay on the perimeter. Stay on the perimeter because our outside cornerbacks are depleted to say the least, right? Uh, we lost Gilmore in the offseason when we trade when he asked to be traded. So we gave him traded him to the Dallas Cowboys for pennies on the dollar. Uh, our number two cornerback gets uh, hit suspended for a year for gambling in the NFL. And at that point, our best corner was Kenny Moore, who is a nickel. And our next best outside corner had 177 snaps in the NFL. That's it. And was like a seventh round pick. All right. So uh, Ballard goes out and drafts three guys, a cornerback. One of those guys is hurt. The other one gets cut, and now our our best corner, Dallas Flowers, he gets hurt. He's out for the year with, uh, I believe it's an Achilles or something of that nature, or ACL. So, really, the outside, the perimeter passing, you know, guys that that, that you could go to, like Michael Thomas or something, or, or Olave, whoever it is, that you just get them out on the outside, and you really can get some some good yardage uh, down the sidelines. Yeah, that, that's interesting, man, because we, you, yeah, I, the secondary, that's so much going on there. But this is a young team. Mm-hmm. They're trying to build forward. So we, a lot of people not expecting the Colts to be world beaters this year. They know that they're, you know, they're building up. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a process and they're building to, and, they're, and uh, it's tied to Richardson, who unfortunately is hurt and done for the rest of the season. So y'all got to take the team into the rest of the season with Gardner Minshew as a quarterback. So, Lawrence, let's kind of delve in and talk about your quarterback and, and uh, your offense, per se. Let's start with them. 
what are your thoughts on Gardner Minshew? Do you guys like what he's doing uh, with the Colts? I mean, how do you feel about Minshew uh, guiding the offense? Mixed feelings. Okay. Massively mixed feelings. When the man is on, he's on. Uh, now he doesn't have a cannon for an arm. He does. He's not Anthony Richardson. He can't. He can't launch the ball seventy yards running backwards. Right? Not something he he does. But he's accurate. Set, uh, you know, sixty-five percent completion percentage so far this season. Uh, does a good job finding the open guy. He's patient. He's mobile. He's not Anthony Richardson mobile, but he's mobile. Uh, the only problem is, is it seems like when he gets. So he's been doing stuff this year that he's not used to doing, right? And that's turning the football over. And that's so frustrating for Colts fans. Uh, in, in in his past, before he came to the Colts, he really didn't turn the football over that much. As a matter of fact, I don't think he had a turnover until the Jacksonville game two weeks ago. And now he's got eight. Eight in two games, all right? Through three interceptions and a fumble uh, in the Jacksonville game. Then he had three fumbles and an interception. Uh, against the Cleveland Browns. Now, is that just credit to the defenses? Well, well, partially, absolutely. But at the same time, how can you have four uh, strip sacks, right? You've got to be able to hold that ball when you're in the pocket. you got to take better control of that. And that's the biggest problem that we're having right now with Gardner Minshew is he is putting that ball in harm's way, not keeping it uh, up tight, both hands on it, when he's standing in the pocket or moving around and defenders are able to knock that ball out. So, that's a problem that we have right now with him. But as I said, as a passer, he gets through his progressions well. He reads defense as well. He spreads the ball around, giving it to multiple different people. Um, and we just get rid of that turnover problem. I think we've got something going here. There's a reason why he's not a starter in the league, right? There's a reason why he is a very good quality backup. And I think right now we're starting to see a little bit of that uh, kind of bubble to the surface yeah that that's interesting because you know and you're right on him he wasn't a guy that's a world beat i mean the last time we played Gardner Minshew was i think it was last year uh if i'm not mistaken he was quarterback in the philadelphia eagles instead of jail and hurt because hurt was hurt uh-huh and, and uh, he wasn't very good in that performance he we kind of knocked him around and he was not very good in that performance but Listen, this year, to be honest with you, Lawrence, we played against a quarterback named Baker Mayfield. And Baker Mayfield, believe it or not, beat the Saints in their own building 26 to 9. He was running around there and he was playing so well against the Saints that I, that I when I do my play by play streams, and I was referring to Baker Mayfield as Baker Montana, Baker Brady. People started throwing names in there. You know, it, it, it pick them, Baker Starbuck. You know, uh, uh, B- B- Baker Young, you know, all that was going on. But because he was he was doing things that I didn't see Baker do since early, you know, since he was in college, mm-hmm. scrambling and doing all this other stuff. And he was doing what it took to take to beat the Saints. So when we face guys like uh, a Gardner Minshew and being that how the Saints offense is struggling right now, I'm very leery. I'm saying even though the Saints defense can get after you and they create turnovers, but our offense is struggling to score the ball. We, we, we struggling. We had to jump into the two-minute offense to put points together in the fourth quarter. And to be honest with you, when we do things like that, the overall, the intelligence level 
from, and I'm not talking from a player perspective, from a play caller perspective, does not translate from game to game. You know, smart teams take things that work for them from the previous game and they use it in the next game and so on and so forth. We have not been able to do that consistently. You know, when we just knocked off Bill Belichick, blew him out, we weren't able to take what we did from that game into the next game. And ultimately, after that, we lost two straight games to teams that the Saints should have beaten, to be fair. But I digress. With that being said, let's talk about you guys in terms of the Colts, because I know you, like we talked about prior to the stream about some of these guys that you have, kind of familiarized to who that nation was some of you from some of your players. I know you got some really good playmakers there. We know Jonathan Taylor's there. We know Michael Pitt. Well, a lot of people don't know about Michael Pittman, but I scouted Pittman. Pittman is a good one, man. He's really good. So talk to us about some of the guys, both offensive defenses that are playmakers for your team. Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, everybody who watches football knows who Jonathan Taylor is. I mean, last year he got hurt, right? Um, the year before he led the league in rushing, yards from scrimmage, touchdowns, everything, whole shebang. And then, of course, the drama this past offseason uh, where he was still, well, we don't know. Was he really hurt? You know, was he still actually trying to come back from the ankle surgery? Uh, he says he was. A lot of people, the media says he wasn't. I digress. Goes too far. Michael Pittman Jr. is a dog, all right? Uh, a guy who is a big physical receiver that will go up on a 50-50 catch and just out-muscle a guy. Um, our all Every skill position player on our team can block, uh, whether it's wide receivers, tight ends, running backs, all of them. I don't know how in the world Chris Ballard and that scouting team was able to do that, but all of them can block. All From, from Michael Pittman Jr., and Alec Pierce, who is the other outside receiver who hasn't been getting a lot of targets as of late, but he's out there blocking his butt off in the run games, um, getting getting targets occasionally. And then, of course, our rookie Josh Downs, he's really starting to ca uh, catch fire as of late, really uh, getting a lot of looks, a lot of targets, and a lot of big plays. Um, offensive line, top five in the league. When they're healthy, they are easily the top five in the league. Now, we, we put money into them. We, we, we pay top five you know, in the league uh, financially for this offensive line that headlines with, funny enough, big Q. I didn't know you played for the Colts, dude. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, Ryan Kelly and Braden Smith. And then we got uh, two second-year players uh, to even out the the money in Bernard Ryman, who's been playing very well at left tackle. And then Will, Will Fries at right guard. On defense, you guys know about uh, Darius Shaquille Leonard, a uh, guy who had back surgery. Hopefully, he ends up playing uh, back to the way he has in the past, but as of late, has not shown that intensity that we've used to seeing. Could just be a little bit, you know, uh, trying to come back from the surgery, uh, a little bit maybe playing a little scared, but has been playing better as of late. Zaire Franklin leads the league in tackles and tackles for losses the Mike linebacker for the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, we got Kenny Moore still at uh, nickel cornerback, still a very solid guy there. Um, and then, of course, you can't forget DeForest Buckner. He is an absolute dog across that defensive line. So uh, the Indianapolis Colts have big-time star players across the board offensively and defensively. Uh, we just got to, you know, 
everything's got to come together. That's the problem. They got to play as a unit and, and not lose games by shooting yourself in the foot. That's the biggest issue uh, that I've seen from the Indianapolis Colts this year. Yeah, I, I bet you I fooled you. You didn't know uh, that you kind of gave my secret away, man. I, I, I do podcasts uh, during the year, then I fly. <laughs> Dude, you getting paid $20 million a year to block for the Indianapolis Colts in your spare time? You're just like, oh, I'm just talking about the Saints, man. Yeah. <laughs> Spice it up a little bit, man. You got to shake around a little bit, my friends. That's how we do it, man. So, yeah. So, he did, Lawrence didn't gave away the secret family. He didn't gave it away, man. But, uh, <laughs> but, but listen, fam, shout out to y'all, man. Appreciate y'all being, being in the building. Hit the like button. We got Lawrence Owen chiming in, man. He's a super-duper cool dude. Uh, he also has a podcast covering the cults uh, on the Believe in Cults Network, man. He's real – you can see he's a real passionate dude. He knows the club, man. So y'all give a like button to Lawrence, and later on we're going to have Lawrence to tell where you can follow him on his socials. But let's kind of jump back in. And let's talk philosophy, Lawrence. Let's talk about the philosophy, my friend, about the cults. Uh, talk. What's, what's the philosophy of the Colts? Are they? Uh, it kind of looks like they're a run-first team, or is it the which which guides the team? It's a, if it's your offense or your defense. Kind of talk to us about the overall philosophy of the Colts. I think right now the offense guides the defense. Shane Steichen came in when he was hired. He was asked, "Hey, what's your philosophy on offense?" He said, "Pass to score, run to win." Right, and that makes perfect sense. In in today's NFL, you need to be able to pass the ball. Uh, with the best in the in the league, but you got to be able to run the ball when it matters to chew up clock and win the game out. Um, so that's that's very important. I think the, the the biggest deal is really the trenches has been since Chris Ballard's came in. He has really focused in on the trenches, whether it's offensive line or defensive line. Really put a lot of high draft picks into it. Uh, made trades for guys like DeForest Buckner and stuff in order to really solidify the offensive and defensive lines because games are won in the trenches. And, well, that's what his philosophy is. I don't know if every GM and head coach and owner feels that way, but the way you hear Ballard speak about it, it's very easy to buy into that type of philosophy. Yeah, indeed. I, I do. I think that you guys, uh, it's only a matter of time before the Colts get right because Ballard knows how to draft. And Richardson, everybody was questioning and questioning the pick for Richardson, but but give it some time, watch it. He give him a running attack. Now the tight end situation, you might need a little help there. But I think you guys got Ali Cox. I think he's a backup, if I'm not mistaken. Believe it or not, I think I'm sorry to cut you off, my guy, but I think the tight end position is the deepest position on the Colts. Really, I think they are so underused. It's not funny. Do you have a position you feel like is underused? Uh, Because the Colts. We have, like, a lot of really good tight ends. They're just hardly ever used. They're, they're kept in to block so much, mm-hmm. and they're not out there running routes. And that's the problem. We've got – there's a reason why we had five on the 53-man roster start the season off with. Wow. That is unheard of, right? Because they couldn't get rid of them because we were so deep. We had so many. They just don't utilize them nearly as much. As of late – uh, we've, we've had some injuries. Uh, Jelani Woods uh, is still on IR. He's, mm-hmm. he, he was a, a really big prospect a year ago. Kylan Granson's been stepping up, but he's had a concussion, so he hasn't played in the last you know game. Uh, Second-year guy who was hurt during his rookie season, 
the day after I interviewed him at training camp, <laughs> uh, it, Drew Ogletree has has stepped up and played very well this year. Uh, you got Will Mallory, the rookie, fifth round, uh, picked up another another big target uh, in the as a receiving threat at tight end. The Colts have got weapons across the board at tight end. They're just underutilized because the Colts keep them in for blocking as much, if not more, than they do just sending them out there for, you know, extra receivers. But if you go watch tape, Colts are sitting in 12, 13 personnel a lot, a mm. lot. Yeah, it's it's interesting. You asked about the underutilization of your tight end room. I feel like that same way here. I mean, we have one of the most unique, diverse tight end rooms in the entire NFL. You have Jimmy Graham there. We have uh, – well, Jawan Johnson was hurt this past month, but uh, we'll see if he plays in this matchup. But Taysom Hill is considered a tight end as well. So, I mean, we have some really good – and, of course, uh, we have uh, well, Foster Monroe who dropped a touchdown in the end zone. He'll rebound. But we do have some very good tight ends, and I agree – our tight ends are, uh, are severely underutilized, especially in the red zone, where they can be very cru- critical to our success. Tight so, ends are matchup nightmares for defenses. Most generally, they're usually bigger and heavier and stronger than the guys that are covering them. If you're, co- you're going to cover them with a linebacker, they're generally faster than a linebacker. If they're co- being covered by a corner or a safety, they're usually bigger and yeah. taller. Just match up nightmares generally if you get a good tight end in your room. Why don't team why do most teams not utilize their tight ends? It's beyond me. It's it's um oh it's so frustrating, especially when I break down the all 22. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's it is very frustrating to us too because during throughout the season we were looking at guys how Jimmy Graham is not seeing the field enough, and of course, uh Foster did drop the end zone. I mean the the touchdown in the left corner in the end zone that would tied the game but you know outside of that we are not utilizing our tight ends like we really need to and that that is a big problem that they keep saying that they need to fix or we i mean we're asking about that every week but it just all seems to kind of do a groundhog day type of thing it all turns to kind of does the same thing over and over again because our coach feel like he's trapped in a a, a, a replay of the groundhog day because the only thing he sits up there and says is the same stuff over and over again to the point where I got to pinch myself to make sure I ain't sleep because this dude is like stuck in the matrix. He keeps saying the same thing over and over again. And we keep playing the same way over and over again. So I'm like, what, what's going on here? Wait, wait. You know, so it's crazy, man. Where we are as a team right now is absolutely mind boggling to me. So I, if you want, uh, uh, Lawrence, if you want to interject, man, and, and, and ask some questions yourself, feel free, friend, before we talk about score prediction, if you want to do that thing. There's a, there's a couple guys. Uh, that I'm curious on the utilization this year uh, by the Saints. Uh, ever since, I, I've been curious. I haven't caught a lot of Saints. I'm going to be honest with you. I ain't caught a lot of Saints ball uh, this season, um, being that I've been so busy with other stuff. Right. Uh, I, I, I did catch two games, but both those games were first three uh, weeks of the season. And I didn't get to catch much about uh, how Alvin Kamara has been being utilized this year under Dennis Allen. Uh, I was wondering if maybe you might be able to kind of fill, fill some of that uh, info in for me. Well, uh, since Elvin's been back from the three-game suspension early in the year, uh, to they've been checking it down a lot to him. Uh, 
what was it? The first, the, I think it was the, his second game back. They really utilized him. The Saints, that's the New England Patriot game when they ran 41 times, 100-plus yards. Saints just handled a bad Patriot team, blew them out. Do you know someone on your holiday gift list that's looking to cut costs? Consider a Henson Razor. Henson Razors use quality standard blades that only cost 10 cents each. That means you'll only be spending pennies a month on blades. Compare that to multi-blade cartridges that cost 20 to 30 times more. Over a couple years, that special someone on your list will save hundreds and get a safe and smooth shaving experience along the way. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Discover a healthier, happier you with Veganuary 2024. Your health isn't just small potatoes, it's a big deal. So this January, you are invited to make a change that matters by trying Veganuary's 31-Day Vegan Challenge. Switching to a plant-based diet reduces your carbon footprint and makes a positive impact for animals. Every meal is a vote for the kind of world you want to create. Ready to make a change? Sign up today at Veganuary.com. Vote for veggies. Ever since then, the Saints have had difficulties using Elvin Kamara in, in, in the right way. So in, in my opinion, I don't think they're using him correctly. They damn sure aren't because uh, even he speaks to it and he showed frustrating sh- in several different interviews we played here. Uh, he made mention of it, how he, how he has to go to Pete Carmichael to ask Pete Carmichael, hey, the guys want to run here. How does Elvin Kamara, arguably one of the best running backs, complete running backs in today's game, a total phenom, and he has to get Carmichael. He has to go to Carmichael for him to run the ball. So absolutely, Lawrence, it is severe. They're severely underutilizing him, and to some degree, misusing him. I mean, you can either. To me, Elvin Kamara. You have. Uh, they just got Jamal Williams back. Kendra Miller was there, but El- Elvin Kamara is so dynamic. You can move him all around the field. You can decoy him. You can line him up. Like, you know, you can do so many things with Elvin Kamara. They're just not doing it. Not enough anyway, and not consistently enough for it to make a serious impact on the game. So they're damn sure not uh, utilizing them correctly. See, if I remember correctly, uh, Sean Payton, um, I remember watching Sean utilize him, and I think he kind of put a a touch counter on Kamara, around 20 or so, you know, touches a game. But at the same time, he attacked with Kamara. He didn't use him as a safety blanket, right? He attacked with him. He designed plays around him, got him in the, the running back screen games and, and 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 created motion to get holes that were open up for Kamara in the run game, things of that nature. And you can't just let him sit back and be a pass blocker in the passing game and then let him slide out to be a safety blanket occasionally. You know, that's not how you use an Alvin Kamara type guy. There are players out there you can and should use that way. There are a lot of really good safety blankets. I don't feel like Alvin Kamara is a safety blanket. I feel like he is the tip of a gun, right? He is that guy you want to utilize him to go out there and attack that uh, defense every time that you possibly can. Now, I, I get, I remember when Sean like I was saying earlier, was was kind of, you know, had him on a, on a counter. Because he attacked with him so much, he would take a lot of big hits, you know, and he was trying to protect him in that aspect as well. So yeah. I really like how Sean used Alvin Kamara. I don't understand why this, this unit, this coaching unit, isn't just, I mean, it obviously worked. Why did they just recreate that, right? <laughs> that's a great, that's a great, 
uh, comment there, Lawrence. And the reality is uh, it, that's that's what they say that they're working on. I mean, it is terribly frustrating for Elvin Kamara, who, which a significant portion of the offense flows through Elvin Kamara, you know, it, it, because he's so dynamic. He's so uh, versatile. He's such a weapon in space. I mean, he gets in areas and places uh, that guys can't keep up with him. I mean, he's faster than the linebackers. He runs past the, the defensive back. So, I mean, not too many people can stand in front of him. And we just haven't been able to consistently get him where we wanted him to be him to be comfortable in this offense so uh and that's not just him that's a lot of our weapons michael thomas is healthy doing a great service chris olave had some issues and uh, but outside that he's been doing very positive work rashid shaheed is stepping in doing wonderful Taysom hill is there so we go on and on about these guys but the saints offense the brass they're not utilizing these players correctly hence our three and four disgusting uh ridiculous record that we we have it's just yeah, when you got when you got a guy as explosive as Alave and Kamara, and frankly Taysom Hill, right? I, I I told you before we got on got on here and started. Taysom's my favorite player on the Saints, just because he's like a Swiss Army knife player, right? He could he could do so much for an offense. He can line up in different places, make defensive coordinators you know freak out, scratch their heads, don't know what you know what are we going to do in this type of lineup with that guy at that position? Absolutely love. I'd love to have Taysom Hill on the Colts with Shane Steichen. I, I'm, I, I absolutely would uh, with the way that Shane's been able to uh, design plays this year for the Colts. But uh, he's a weapon that I feel like, you know, um, could be utilized in multiple different ways. How have they used him mostly? I mean, is, is he mostly just lining up straight up at tight end? Do you put him at quarterback a lot? Is he at running back? Is he split out wide? How are they using it? Uh, or are they doing like what Sean Payton did back in the day and just, you know what, we're going to put him everywhere. You'll be lucky if we don't see him at center. No, well, they, they've kind of fixated him to uh, – you see him lined up off offline as a tight end some, in certain pass plays, but you'll see him the, the majority of time – as the uh, he comes in with the RPO package, I kind of joke about the RPO package him coming in because it's not it's no P involved there. So it's, it's a it's a run package. That's pretty much what it is. It's a run, run, run package. Exactly. And if you get fooled by him in there and you think and Taysom is going to throw the ball, shame on you. You know, I would love to see Taysom throw the ball more. He had a completion in uh, I think it was the game before last. He actually had one completion, but he lines up back there and the guy just takes the hell off and he runs over linebackers. He's, he initiates contact with defensive backs. And Taysom Hill's a phenomenal player. Sometimes he's the fastest guy on the field. So, I mean, he comes in, man. The Saints offense could, offense could be dead in the water with Derek Carr back there, uh, finger pointing and, and being petulant. And Taysom comes in there and just starts running, picks up yardage and kind of gets the offense uh, unjammed and, and does his Taysom thing, running around the side and doing. So. He's such he's so phenomenal. Or from what they've been using him this year as, he's been mostly as a guy that's been like a, used in the, as a as a running back. He'll be back there to throw, but then he'll take the hell off. And sometimes you'll see him lined up at the tight end. So when Taysom Hill is out there, um, do they ever line him up at like a tight end or running back with Carr on the field, and then you know do a shift? And Carr like will move off to like wide receiver or something when Taysom takes that. Is that they do do, do that quite a bit? 
actually, Lawrence, they actually did that. They did that quite recently when they had a car on the field uh, lined up like he was going to get a pass and Taysom was in at the quarterback. So they ha- we got to give him credit for that. They have been using that play. That's good. That's good. I've, I've seen that. Um, Shane does that with the Indianapolis Colts quite a bit with Gardner Minshew. He did that lined up um, Jonathan Taylor at quarterback, <laughs> which is you're like, what? You know, yeah. and Gardner Minshew was at running back. They just kind of shifted, right? Went into that wildcat look formation, right. right? And it was it was beautiful to behold. It ended up being a touchdown play. So, you know. Defense totally off. They're like, what the hell going on here? Right, right. Anything you could do to shift players around to confuse a defense is, mm-hmm. is a good thing. And the more often you do it to keep a defense on the toes, the better. So. You know, maybe you're moving in a, in a in a positive direction. It just took like half a season to see it. <laughs> uh, well, Lawrence, I, I hope so. I sincerely hope so. And the entire Who That Nation sincerely hopes that that is the correct way. I mean, they've been talking about getting the offense on 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 point. Uh, our defense, particularly, uh, have been pretty stellar for us up until you know this last game. They allowed a late touchdown uh, to happen, which kind of hurt us a little bit uh, toward the back end. Offense couldn't do what it do to kind of tie it up with the drop. But outside of you've seen it struggle mightily, and we're going into week eight, so we kind of hoping things kind of uh, pivot and go in the right direction. So let's talk about keys to victory for the Colts, Lawrence. What do you think about uh, what's the keys to victory for the Colts to get the win against the Saints? Oh, I've said it probably 800 times this week on different shows. <laughs> you Protect said you- the stinking football. For the Colts, don't turn the ball over, all mm-hmm. right? If you don't turn the ball over – you're going to win the majority of your your uh, your games. Teams are like 80% win rate if you win the possession battle, right? You win the turnover battle, you win the game. It's an 80% chance. How do you outgain yardage wise? Hold the Browns to three of six or four of sixteen uh, on third down conversion. Win pose- uh, time of possession. Win you only give them 4.4 yards a carry, and you end up having 450 yards of offense, right? 300 yards passing, 400 or 150 rushing, and and uh, you score 38 points and you lose that game, right? That's nuts. It's because you turned the ball over four freaking times, you know, and did the exact same thing the week before Jacksonville in a game that also you should have won. You got to hold on to the football. You got to be able to win that turnover battle. That is the key to victory for the Indianapolis Colts without question yeah not turning the ball over uh is that'll be key and and they will want not to do that in their own on their home territory saints going into that thing man we've got to get the offense unstuck we did some two-minute warning we jumped into the two-minute offense uh to kind of spur the offense going it actually did something late in the game. We just couldn't complete the drive for the touch with the touchdown in the back of tied so we can get get you know getting into overtime and perhaps try to get a win out of it. But my goodness, the defense needs to kind of clean up some things. It, it has some slippage last week. Our special teams are led by rookies, so that is what it is. But the offense, my goodness, the offense really has to get going, man. And I I and do I have any confidence in the Saints getting that offense going? Maybe a slither of confidence because I've seen what they did. They had some innovation in this past matchup where they were able to put in Saunders as a fullback. Our nose tackle gets in there as a fullback, 
and kind of clears the way from Taysom on the goal line. That was innovative. That was intelligent. The two-minute offense, that was a good innovation for him to finally get that going. Could we build upon some of these positive things from this past game that can lead to success in this game? So that is yet to be determined. I'm still a little leery because this staff is really puzzling how they operate. They promise us change, but they don't make any changes. So I just – I really – don't know here, uh, uh, to be honest with you, with Dennis Allen. Right now, my confidence in Dennis Allen is not so high. Okay. Well, that's the complete opposite of what I have with my rookie head coach and, and Shane Steichen. I have incredibly high you know, confidence in what Lawrence, he can do. Lawrence, you and everybody else, man, let me tell you something. Have feel like the the uh, uh, the guy in, in Houston, D'Amico Ryans. Mm-hmm. How I talked to uh, uh, you know, a guy from the from over there, and they were saying how high, how they love this guy, and it's the same with you guys. And and we haven't felt that way about Den, uh, about Dennis Allen here because Dennis Allen is under delivering on a lot of things. You have a very talented team, and they're and, and it's not it's right now they're a game under five hundred at you know going into week number eight. That is totally not what we've seen happening for the Saints going into this year. So it's a lot of pressure on Dennis Allen to get this turned around. So we'll see what happens here, man. But, yeah, I've missed the days when we felt like you felt about your head coach. Really, I, we missed those days. And it's it's weird when, like, I mean, the Colts are in the same exact position. We're three and four as well, but we still have that really high confidence in our coach. And, and that, that, that says a lot, right? When you're actually losing and still feel good about your coaching – that says a ton, and I mean, it's easy to to feel bad about your your coaching staff when you're you know got a losing record. So, uh, because I mean, you got to be able to look at it somewhere and go, what's going on here, right? Um, but I don't know. My my biggest thing is Allen is a defensive guy, right? Uh, where, where you where, if you have a defensive head coach, the Biggest, most important hire defensive head coach can can have is that offensive coordinator. You have to have a phenomenal offensive coordinator if you've got a defensive-minded head coach. So, you know, that's really where I feel like Saints fans should have their, you know, their their eyes eyes at. If, if you feel like your offense isn't doing well, you know, don't be upset about, you know, I mean, obviously, Allen's the one that hired him, but that's the position that that really has to step up right right yeah it's well it sounded good when we picked with with carmichael carmichael is sean payton's Mm -hmm. understudy i mean he's Mm -hmm. he's sean payton for 20 something odd years helping him graph play uh play game plays in 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 the call sheets and everything being critical to game uh gameplay execution on the field and when he got an opportunity to be a full-time offensive coordinator they first asked him, he declined it. Tis the season to give something delicious. Give the gift of gourmet Italian foods with Delalo's handcrafted gift collection. With over 50 thoughtfully curated options or the ability to build your own, these collections are perfect for foodies, family, and friends. From gourmet pastas, olive oil, and biscotti to epic antipasti and charcuterie boards. And of course, irresistible Italian sweets and snacks. They have it all. Give the gift of culinary delight with Delalo's gift collection. Shop today at Delalo.com. Happy gifting. 
Sometimes during Christmas, something magical happens. Hey, Cricket customers. The Max with Ads plan is included with the Cricket $60 Unlimited plan at no additional cost. And this holiday season, Max is the one to watch when you're feeling festive. Son of a nutcracker. Cozy up to all the holiday classics like Elf, 8-Bit Christmas, and the Harry Potter 8-Film Collection. Just log in with your Cricket username and password to experience Max on all your favorite devices. Phone plans, streams, and standard definition programming subject to change. Fees, terms, and restrictions apply. See CricketWireless.com for details. And said he just wanted to be an assistant. So the Saints proceeded to look for coaches. Matter of fact, they looked up there. They tried to talk to one of you guys. You, I think it was your wide receivers coach at the time a couple of years ago. Interviewed him. And ultimately, the Saints called off the search because he called Michael and said, hey, I'll, hey, I'll take the job now. So he took the job. And ever since then, uh, he's had a lot of pressure on him to kind of call these plays. But Pete does really well on some stuff. But from an imagination standpoint, you know, when you have all of these players and you know Sean Payton's offense, we they were hoping that that translates along with Dennis Allen's defense. That would be a match made in heaven if you can take Sean Payton's offense out of Pete Carmichael's head and execute it correctly with Dennis Allen-led defense. That could create something really good. It hadn't turned out that way. Well, I mean, it is a smart move to to keep a guy where it's working in the past. You know, that's what the Colts did when Shane Steichen was hired. He came over. Gus Bradley was still already the defensive coordinator, right, right. for a year um, from from last season under Frank Reich, and you know he just kept him around. He said, "You know what? Your your defense is actually doing pretty good. If you just get the offense moving properly, then the defense will look even better." You know, because, you know, one helps the other on both sides. Best offense is a good defense. Best defense is a good offense. So uh, they kept them out. And usually those are those work out well. But what makes me worried is if Carmichael was going, no, I don't want it. I don't want to. I don't want to. What was the reasoning for not wanting? Who does not want to be promoted, right? There's a reason why a person would turn down a promotion. Lawrence, that's a great question, man. He he decided to step up, and really a lot of us believe that he was talked into it. That's what a lot of us believe because uh, – but it, 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 at the end, B. Carmichael knows Sean Payton's offense. He is very conservative. He's not a uh, a guy that – you know, he lacks the guts that Payton has. No disrespect to him. It's just based on his plays. He's a very meek guy, very meek guy. Don't see much passion or fire out of him kind of uh, uh, at times gets caught up in his play, his uh, uh, play calling, uh, situational awareness on certain plays is questionable at times. Uh, Certain personnel groupings that should be on the field at times aren't, and other people are there, you know, stuff like that. So you have the passing game coordinator, which is Ronald Curry, is a guy that helps there. He's good, but we need both of these guys to kind of work better together and listen to their players. Michael Thomas and Elvin and all these other guys would tell you exactly what works. They know. Listen to them and, and, and have some damn discipline and execute properly. So, I mean, that's what we're talking about. And we we haven't seen that enough. We haven't seen that efficiently enough and, you know, executed effectively and efficiently enough from this very expensive Saints offense. And that's why so much stuff going on with the Saints. So I don't know what they're going to do against you guys up there in Indianapolis, to be honest with you, Lawrence, because the Saints are a big question mark, offensively speaking, what they're going to do. I hope that they perform up to snuff to make it a good game and perhaps get a win, 
But in the end, there the, the the with all the stuff that's happening with the Saints, the frustration, fractures in the locker room, Dennis Allen not being a very good head coach. He's an excellent defensive coordinator. I won't take that away from him, but he leaves a lot out there when we talk about successful, really intelligent head coaches that know how to take teams that are having issues and take them and lead them where they need to be, make the changes that need to be made. That's not the guy. That's not his strong suit. We've seen a lot, a lot about Dennis Allen. We know him inside and out. That's not a strong suit. So we'll see what goes on, man, uh, c- coming into this game. But, Lawrence, let me ask you this. Oh, go ahead. You want to ask something? No, I was just wanting to state something. You know, you're like, I, I don't know what to expect. I just, I just, w- I do want to let you know, Derek Carr has a history of success against this Colts defense, okay, while he was with the Raiders. So, you know, that is a positive thing to think about. He knows how to handle um, – a zone defense very, very well, as long as he's got some weapons to throw to. Uh, I think that, you know, Carl generally performs very well uh, against Gus Bradley and Matt Eberflus when he was there. Well, I appreciate you saying that. That makes me feel a lot better there. And the rest of the Who That Nation feels a lot better knowing that, bro, for real. Because, like I said, he hadn't shown us enough of anything for us to be like, hey, man, Derek Carr going to get them Colts. Oh, no. He hasn't showed me enough of none of that. I'm saying, hey, man, get a damn ball at Elvin Kamara and let him take it out of his hands. That's what I'm saying. The keys to victory is using Elvin Kamara. That's my keys to victory. Using AK-41, getting the ball in his hand. Not so much in the check down, but being a lot more smarter what we do, you know, and how we tend to do that. Also, you know, some other stuff we can do, but – Really, I think that's the key. One of the big keys to victory for the Saints offense, man. We need to get Elvin going like we did against the, the Patriots. But, okay, but let's talk about this, uh, Lawrence. Uh, I, know, I don't know if you do. Uh, you mentioned this, uh, score predictions and how you think the game. How do you think the game goes? You don't have to give a score prediction if you, if you don't. Well, it how- depends. It depends, okay. Um, if the Colts manage to be able to hold on to the football, then – I think this is a game that Saints fans ain't going to like very much. I'll I'll just put it that way. I think the Colts, offensively, defensively, very, very good football team, as long as they can hold on to the football. However, I have noticed that the Saints can create turnovers. And if they can continue uh, to keep Minshew, you know, not holding on to the football properly and create turnovers – I think this game could end up being like a uh, like, like a Browns game where it's a dogfight all the way to the end. The only thing I don't want to see is the referees deciding what the game's going to be. How I want so, I want one team to outright win or lose. You know, I don't want the referees out there going, "Oh man, that that was pass interference. He could have caught that. All he all he needed was a ladder. You know, <laughs> stuff like that." So it's a game that absolutely the Saints can win. But in my opinion, they have to create turnovers in the, in this situation, and, and and there will be opportunities to do that. They just got to capitalize on that. And then for the Colts, they can't do that. You know, they can't. They they, they got to do better. So uh, that's that's my prediction for the game. I think the Colts win in this game at home. Uh, I don't think they end up giving the ball over four times. They might give it away twice, which will keep the keep the game pretty close but i think they'll be they'll find a way you know late in the game but last week i said the browns were going to win 
they did. We'll see what happens though. Uh, Saints, Saints are overlooked this year. They have weapons. They have stars. They have guys that they can lean on. They just got to, those guys got to step up and produce. Yeah, that's the big, that's the the frustration about it, that we have so many guys, so many really good players, very talented players, and we just can't seem to get them going. Perhaps we get them going against the Colts. Who knows? We'll see uh, when uh, Sunday rolls around here. But Lawrence, man, listen, man, thank you for joining us uh, and dropping some really good game about the Colts, man. Uh, could, please feel free to share your socials with, and let the family members know where you can be located, my friend. Oh, yeah. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Colts underscore law. And uh, you can definitely find me on YouTube, Lawrence Owen. Uh, you could tap anywhere uh, on YouTube if you want. Uh, Colts Law, Lawrence Owen, Believe in Colts. Now, my Believe in Colts podcast, um, over the last three years, I've had four different player and former player co-hosts. Uh, everywhere from Dequell Jackson, uh, Rodney McLeod last year, the current safety for the Browns. He was my co-host last year with Gerard Powers. This year I got Donald Thomas, right, as my co-host. We we break down games every week, review every game of every week. Well, not every game, but pretty close, at least half of them. So, uh, but yeah, you can check me out on YouTube. I appreciate you having me on. Thanks so much. Uh, no, no problem, Lawrence, man. Anytime, man. Appreciate you, bro. Uh, and for the family members, man, y'all check, uh, check Lawrence out, check his podcast out, man. He dropped good game. Very entertaining guy as well. He knows the squad, man. He knows football, man. That's what we do. We always get, uh, family members that come in that know what they are talking about. That's passionate, man. They invested in the club and this, that's, that's how it is. So listen, I like to thank everybody for joining us tonight on the stream. Uh, please feel free family to hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, feel free to share the show on your social media feed and, uh, feel free family to check out the community section. There was a, uh, some new merch that came out by the way, it's called, uh, I forgot what it was called. Uh, uh, oh yeah. No excuses. It's no excuses. That's what it, no excuses. It got in dot o dot and it's florida leaf said it's a very nice design it's it's pretty good man and it's fitting for the saints we got a pelican version coming out as well no excuses man that's that's the theme here but anyway with that being said i'm gonna get out on that listen i appreciate all y'all kindly man and i'm gonna holler at y'all uh on a friday stream we'll open up the phone lines and, and have a call in show and let you guys talk your stuff and get some of that let me know what y'all think about what goes on in the matchup against the Colts up on sunday much love to y'all. Mahalo at y'all the flip side. Peace. Do that to you. Yeah. Huh? Boogie like Benson. I'm a who that. I'm a who that. Long as I'm living, I'm a who that. Lose or winning, I'm a who that. Sports coma, yeah. This is where we do that. 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 Boogie like Benson. I'm a who that. I'm a who that. Sports coma. This is where we do that. Where we do that. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Somebody please better help. Running this thing like Elf. Thank God every day I'm not a felt. Go to YouTube live with Big Q and the guys. If you ain't ride or die, the bandwagon get flipped. Been marching in. That was way for the ring. I was yelling out your shame for the championship. Fucking on town. Duck down. Falcons pluck get shut down. Panthers ain't much to 
touchdown. The vision really blown to us now. So much hate on the Saints, you could probably tell. Ever since Bounty Gate hit the NFL, when things seem fishy, then you probably smell the crooked referees on Roger Goodell. Love money like this, and I'm a who that. Every day I'm living, I'm a who that. News are winning, I'm a who that. It's the sports coma, this is where we do that. Where we do that, eh? Where we do that, eh? Where we do that, where we do that, where we do that, eh? Boogie like this, and I'm a who that. It's the sports coma, this is where we do that. You listening to the sports coma with Big Q and the guys on the PRO Media Network. That's right, the who that daily.com. Your one that's right, the pro shop is the platform store where you can go and buy all the latest merch to support the platform. Available at the pro shops, we have dozens of hundreds of products available for you and your family. Unisex tees for men and women, hoodies and sweatshirts, tank tops, kids. And- Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on prize picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.